0: Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts and as always I am your good friend and host Steve Roberts and here on the Monday edition of The Yard, the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard, we're gonna talk some college football recruiting today. You know, We had two more camps over the weekend, not like it was the previous weekend and no disrespect to anybody who was here but the first camp, the first Friday night camp was the top dog camp. We had all of the, the current Bulldog commitments on campus, as well as several of the priority targets, but there have been some big numbers the last couple of weeks for sure. And some guys that will ultimately earn some offers. You always have some guys that are perhaps unknown that show up at the camp and kind of work their way in, uh, to an opportunity. So it's always worth coming to camp for, uh, and again, I've told you guys last week's show, you know, there, there's some, some kids too that are not prospects who're just kind of learning to get better, to kind of have the experience working out with college coaches. But, uh, You know, I wanted to share some things too. You know, I like to uh, do research, but uh, yesterday we had a discussion on a jeanspage.com True Maroon forum about in-state recruiting, and one of the posters, and this is in no way in in any disrespect or uh, you know a shot at this individual, because he just happened to share, you know, kind of this misnomer in many respects. Maybe that's the wrong way to describe it, but. um, There are a lot of people that have this false perception, oh, well, the best talent Mississippi leaves every year. Now, last year, top three players in the state did leave the state. They did. But let's look at that maybe historically, like the last five years. And so I wanted to kind of use that as the intro for the show today because I like for the facts to be known. There are a lot of people that have this perception about, well, the best players in Mississippi leave the state. You know, I would say in the last 20 years, State and Ole Miss have done a good job of keeping the best talent home. There was a stretch there, you know, I guess maybe, uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago where it was a rarity to see anybody leave the state that State or Ole Miss wanted. There were some exceptions, but, you know, by, by and large, the rule was they stayed in State and played at either State or Ole Miss. But I just want to share with you some things that we talked about uh, yesterday in the thread. So, and again, this is in no way an attempt to make anybody look bad that may have shared this or agreed with this, okay? I just want the facts to be out there. So let's go back and look at 2018. Seven of the state's top ten players stayed in state. One of the three that didn't was Cole Smith, who signed with LSU and then transferred to Mississippi State. One of the other two remaining was Fabian Franklin, who Mississippi State dropped. He ultimately signed with TCU, ended up a junior college. It's a non-qualifier. So nine of the 10 players in the top 10 that year ended up playing at a Mississippi program. 2019, a little more different year. Still some interesting things that happened there. Only four of the top 10 players in the state of Mississippi stayed in Mississippi. Three of those top 10 signed with Auburn. Two of those have already transferred. Charles Moore lasted less than a semester then was going to go to Oregon State, then junior college, and I think he's supposed to be at Marshall. It's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Jaron Handy leaves Auburn, goes in the portal, ends up in Indiana. Derek Hall is still there. Brandon Turnage, out of Lafayette County, signed with Alabama. He ended up transferring too. He's at Tennessee now. So half of the guys that signed with out-of-state programs that year ultimately transferred. 2020, we had kind of a mixed bag, half and half here. Five of the top ten stayed in the state. Of the five who left, Trey Benson, who signed with Oregon, has transferred. Alex Adams, uh, out of South Pike High School, signed with OSU, has transferred. J.J. Pegues went to Auburn, and now he's transferred to Ole Miss. So, again, kind of a mixed bag there. But again, you know, even then, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, we're 50-50. And then those guys that went out of state ended up leaving. 2021, we saw seven of the top 10 prospects sign with in-state programs. Three that didn't are now, t- two of the three are currently at Mississippi Junior Colleges. Deion Smith signed with LSU, headed to JUCO. Kadarius Calloway signed with Alabama, didn't last long, transferred to East Mississippi Community College. Only Alex Brevard, who signed with Oregon and Joe Moorhead, is still there. So now, you know, a year and a half removed from all this, nine of the ten of that year played at the Mississippi College program. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, it's like we get this perception. You know, of course, I deal with recruiting all the time. You know, we're always breaking down trends and looking at things like that. But by and large, we've done a good job. Now, 2022 – these guys are just enrolling, but again, it's a half a half type year. And I would submit to you that probably half or close to half of the guys at some with an out-of-state school will ultimately end up transferring. That's what the trends show us. So then one of our friends said, hey, Steve, that still seems interesting. What about other states? You know, because sometimes we're only acutely aware of what happens in our neck of the woods. So I decided, you know what? I'll take a look. So I didn't do the full five years. But over the course of the last three years, the the poster asked about Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Arkansas. Those are our neighbors. We didn't do Tennessee. Maybe I should. All right, so 2022, seven of the top ten players in the state of Alabama signed with an Alabama school. In Georgia, four of the top ten prospects in the state of Georgia signed with an in-state program. Louisiana, just 3 of 10. Arkansas, 8 of 10. Hey, that's a really good record right there. And most of them signed with uh, Arkansas. I guess one signed with Central Arkansas. But you go back the year before, 2021, only 5 of 10 in Alabama, state and state. Georgia, 6 of 10. Louisiana, 6 of 10. And then Arkansas, only 4 of 10. 2020, Alabama, 8 of 10. Great year for Alabama and Auburn. Georgia, 4 of 10 Louisiana, 3 of 10 Arkansas, 4 of 10 And so I share that, number one Because I was somewhat surprised with the findings Even though I'm somebody that is a little more Acutely aware of trends in college football recruiting But there is this uh, Misunderstanding, this perception That being the best talent in Mississippi Leaves Okay, so are we going to apply that same standard To Georgia, who just won the national championship Well, Steve, they're a national recruiter Well, yeah, it's true but there are still players every year from Georgia that go to Alabama. There are kids in Louisiana that go to Alabama. In some cases, Georgia. You know, so it's, we just become so, you know, we get in this maroon and Magnolia State bubble sometimes. I don't think we realize that it's not the issue that some people want to paint it out to be. Now, the reality of it is, in order for us to take the next step, we've got to do a great job keeping the best talent in-state. And not between us and Ole Miss. You know, we've got to find a way to kind of get things rolling Then And I think when you look at what's happening right now, and again, I don't think this is a headlining class. I think it is a very deep class, has some developmental guys. We don't have the headliners, perhaps, that we've had in years past. But there is a lot of depth to this class. And your Bulldogs are off to a good start in-state. And if I were calling the shots, we'd be off to an even better start in-state. State, with seven commitments now, picked up another one over the weekend. We're going to break him down a little bit later in the show because this is going to be a recruiting bonanza today. But now seven, six of those from the state of Mississippi. Interesting, right? Now, so let's take quick a quick look to kind of around, you know, what it looks like for in-state prospects. You know, you know we talked early on that, um, you know, we had some guys that perhaps were, kind of withholding their decisions, kind of taking their time uh, to kind of figure this thing out. That's still really the case, but there are also some schools like State and Ole Miss that are kind of, you know, wanting to see a little more from some of these guys. And, of course, we've heard, you know, routinely Ole Miss is really going to bank on the portal again this year. Uh, we'll see how things progress. But, um, again, I don't think it's, it's sustainable, but, uh, you know, we'll see. All right, so looking at the 247 sports top 25. Dante Kelly committed to Mississippi State. Uh, Duran Paris from Biloxi committed to Vanderbilt. Did not have the option to stay in state with well, state or Ole Miss. I don't know if so the miss is on him, but state and Ole Miss have not offered him. Joseph Head committed to Mississippi State. Um, Malik Ellis committed to Mississippi State. Then Utah. With back-to-backs, Matt Howard and Caleb Bryant, who committed to Utah over the weekend, will be interesting to see if that one sticks. It's a long way from home. Still interesting, still early. Ty Jones, uh, another one from Mississippi State. Dante Daldell. about to pick you. A lot of people wanted State to offer him. I think he's probably a linebacker at the next level. Committed to Oregon. And then, Suntory Perkins, currently rated as the number one player in the state, committed to Ole Miss. And so when you begin to run down here, you're, you're starting to see some guys make some decisions. But, uh, you know, by and large, of course, Mississippi State is is committed more to the in-state prospects. And I think when this whole thing kind of runs down here, State is going to probably dominate the top dozen or so. I think that's probably maybe even top 15. You know, we'll see. There There are some guys right now that are in the top 20 that won't end in the top 20 and shouldn't be in the top 20. And so we're going to get to work on that kind of getting the rankings correct there's some guys that um, are overvalued as prospects and now that we've had a chance to see them in camp a little bit and have a chance to evaluate some film it's time for for some adjustments and so we'll we we will get that done here in the weeks to come but uh, again a good year in state but i just wanted to share that with you too because i think there's so many people that um, look at all this and they're not really sure you know what to make of all this. Like right now, Kelly Jones, not rated in the top 25 or in the 247 Sports state rankings. That guy's absolutely a top 25 player. Dante Kelly, way down there at 21. That guy's potentially a dandy dozen type guy. So there will be some fluctuation with the rankings, and uh, I just think it's important to kind of point out at this point that your school is very much committed to the in-state prospects. And again, I think it's a good year to be committed to in-state prospects. Number one, I don't think there's going to be a ton of these guys that get a ton of -of out-of-state offers. There are a handful that will. But I think, by and large, Mississippi State has built a program on classes such as this. And so just wanted to share that uh, with you. All right, let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I love Bulldog Burger Company. And over the weekend, they had the big grand opening with the new patio area. Go down and check that out. You'll be glad you did. It's kind of nice sometimes to go out there and just kind of sit outside. And it has been a little bit cooler at night as of late. It's really nice this morning to wake up and uh, not be in a swel- sweltering heat, pardon me. But uh, go by, check out the new patio area. You'll be glad you did. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. And the newest one, Lake Harbor Drive there in the Roots and Flowood area. Be sure and go check them out. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you and everybody around you better looking. It's science, and it's in writing now, right? It is in writing. I love Bulldog Burger Company. You will too. Get that chocolate shake to go. Get that great restaurant quality hamburger. And one of the things that I love about going to Bulldog Burger Company is the diversity of the menu. Like I, I can listen. I could just go have a hamburger. And so you know, I could have the bulldog. But sometimes I want to kind of walk on the wild side a little bit. I get. The Mission with the Pico de Gallo on the side. I get Pimentology. That's my favorite one. And there's some new ones, too. I like that uh, new chicken sandwich, too. I like it a lot. Go by and check them out. You'll be glad you did. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, I promised you guys a recruiting Bonanza today. That's exactly what you're going to get. We're going to spend the first segment of the show talking about offensive recruiting. Now, the way that I understand it, as of today, State has room for 23 players. Now, that is going to change. We all know this. This is the life and times of the transfer portal, right? So we know that there will be some guys who ultimately decide to leave for one reason or another. So it'll be around the full class again. We expect, you know, 25 or so. But as of now, the number I'm hearing is 23. 11 on offense, 12 on defense. Now, if you look historically... When there has been an extra scholarship to utilize, Mike Leach has spent it on defense. And there's a reason why, too. It's, it's not just because Mike Leach is this uh, you know quirky genius. Well, you've got to have guys play special teams, right? That's where your extra safeties and your backup linebackers and people like that get playing time. You got to go cover kicks. You got to have people go out there on the punt block team too, and so you have you know you have to go have some depth at linebacker and at the defensive back positions. Those are the guys that you know kind of fill out your special team so it makes sense that you're going to allocate more grants on defense now every year is a little bit different but we're expecting to sign a full offense well so Steve what is a full offense well basically five offensive linemen a running back a quarterback and then four wide receivers I had a short discussion with Steve Spurrier the other day and that's what he said basically he looks for four every year and he goes basically you know hey coach how many do you want to sign as many as we need some years that's two, one of the next year it's six. But you know, he said, I'm, I, I expect to go get four every year. And you really can't afford to under recruit a position as needful as that one when it comes to Mississippi State. You know, we're going to be playing four and five wide receivers over and over and over again. And we're going to be running routes over and over and over again. You're not going to have many plays off, you're going to be running and running and running. So you got to have depth at the position. And you got to cultivate that depth. And so you're going to go out and get four receivers. So Let's take a little bit of time and let's look at this quarterback thing. So the name that continues to trend with Mississippi State is Chris Parson, currently committed to Florida State. Uh, I felt really confident about it about two weeks ago. I still feel pretty confident uh, about it. I don't feel like I can't sit here and give you a guarantee that he's going to be there. I do think Mississippi State's in a good position. He came in, had a good visit. His grandparents are in Starkville. His dad attended some classes at Mississippi State. His dad is a Mississippi native, but he's working through this. Had an official visit to SMU this weekend. I can't see SMU beating Mississippi State head-to-head for a kid they wanted. However, this is a kid that spent some time in Texas. So it would be almost irresponsible to look at it and say, hey, you know what, they're not they're not a factor. They could be. And listen, my firm belief is Mike Leach is always going to be able to sign a quarterback. Right, I mean, I, we'll look at his trademark. Right, I mean, his pedigree. He is going to be able to sign a quarterback. Is it Chris Parson? Don't know, but I would say at this point he is the priority target. Still committed to Florida State. A lot of discussion from the Florida State camp that both sides are kind of looking to go in another direction. That matches some of what I heard. You know, they had the big uh, quote clearing of the air type meeting earlier this month. Chris goes in, doesn't camp, and. You know, there was all this discussion about, are they going to take a quarterback or two quarterbacks? And so my understanding is that meeting, I think both sides figured out, hey, this is not going to be something we kind of move forward with. Now, the reality of it is, as I'm told from people close to Chris, is that, you know, Florida State was kind of like his dream school, or one of them, but certainly high up on the list. That's the reason he committed early, is because he wanted to go play at Florida State. Now I think the dynamics have changed a little bit. So he's rethinking things. And there's a trust factor there. It's like they tell you one thing, they're doing another. you know. And so that's something you've got to consider, not to mention what's going to happen with Norville and that group in the next year or two. They have another you know, pedestrian year this year who's just said they're going, they're going to be there a year from now. So you have to consider that too. Uh, but there are some other names out there. Emery Williams is a quarterback out of Milton, Florida, that uh, Miami and Florida State are both on a little bit. State's been in contact with him. There's discussions about him coming and throwing for State before he makes a decision. Ah, But we'll see. But I I, I just kind of get the sense that State is kind of all in on Parson right now. And I think they'll adjust if that doesn't work out. This is what we saw last year. We end up getting Braden Locke, and I think that may have been a better fit for us. You know, Tanner Bailey, of course, commits to Oregon, and then Joe Moorhead leaves and takes a job at Akron. It's a long way from Gordo, Alabama, going all the way to Eugene, Oregon. But, hey, good for the kid, right? Uh, but the reality of it is is that State's got to get a quarterback. It will be a one-quarterback class. State has done a really good job recruiting quarterbacks since Mike Leach has been here. So we're beginning to kind of stack that room with some talent. Chris Parson's a little different than everybody else. But, you know, Parson probably needs to understand, too, the chances of him coming in here and starting as an underclassman are probably not very good. But by the time he gets under center, he'll have an opportunity to put up some prolific numbers. Uh, running back Seth Davis already committed, and uh, you know he flips from Duke to Mississippi State. So we expect him uh, to be the only back in the class unless there's a difference maker that comes along that is a compliment to Seth Davis. Seth's not the biggest guy, but he is a guy that has some explosiveness and some wiggle. He's a guy that can catch the ball out in the flats and make people miss. So... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like after a couple of years in the college weight room. Got a good frame, not the biggest kid. That's that's really the only knock on him. You look at it and say, you know, he's really not that big. You know, he's about 5'8", but um, this is a guy, too, that has the ability to maybe pack on 25 pounds and bring a little more heat. We mentioned the four wide receiver thing. So, Well, Steve, well, who, who are the candidates, right? I don't know if State signs an in-state receiver which is interesting to think about, right? And, and that's not, we've done a good job of that in years past, but, uh, you know, Justin Brown from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Blackman High School up there, he is a guy that uh, has held state within his favorites. He's got about 30 offers now. Recently took an unofficial visit to Starkville with his parents. That is a guy that state is very much in the mix with. There is a name that we hadn't talked about a whole lot. Paul Davis, our Hartwell, Georgia, currently committed to Duke, there is some discussion that he may flip to Mississippi State. That may be something that happens here in the next couple of weeks. So just kind of maybe put that under your hat for now. We'll just kind of see how things progress. But he jumped on that Duke deal, and he's got, supposed to take an official visit there this weekend, this coming weekend. Then we'll see how things go. Does he reaffirm with them? Does he open things back up? It's just an, it's a name that we haven't talked about a whole lot, but a name that is in uh, in the discussion, shall we say. Uh, Jacoby Bellazar recently picked up an offer from Mississippi State after a great uh, performance at the camp, and this is a former Capital High School uh, product out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Capital is one of those schools too that is run by the state, but they produce a great brand of athlete. They really, really do. Capital, the, the Capital High School Lions, not always the most competitive team, but it's usually because of uh, they've they've had some difficulty at times, kind of putting some cohesion together but they have some talent they always have great individual athletes even when they don't have great teams and so Jacoby ends up going to Southwest Mississippi Community College and now all of a sudden he's the guy that's seen his his recruitment take off Mississippi State among his biggest offers right now but that's a name again to kind of remember Jacoby Belazar not the biggest kid just under six feet 180 pounds but that's a name that you should be somewhat familiar with now Shaborn Demps is the nephew of former Florida great Will Demps out of Glade Central in Belle Glade, Florida. Had a chance to see him in camp. This is a guy that gets it. This is a guy that understands the value in being a great route runner. And nobody in the high school is really sticking routes, but this is a guy you can tell is well coached. And maybe it's because he's working with Will, because he really stands out in a college camp. He really does. He looks to be a lot more polished. Now, the concern here is size. He is not the biggest guy, but he is a guy that could be a slot receiver for us in this scheme and put together pretty well. You know, 5'8", 170, and, but he is loaded pretty good. Going to take an official visit to Purdue. It's coming weekend. Uh, already got a handful of offers, but could be a guy. You know, and based on the camp performances and the fact that we're going to take four, I'd, I would certainly be okay taking him first. I think he's a guy that could really contribute here. Amarion Blakes, a guy that we uh, had in camp recently. I like Amarion Blakes. I think he is a bit of a fringe SEC guy. Uh, I do like his game a lot. I think that he is a guy, too, that is still pretty raw in his development. Uh, Is he explosive enough? Mm, Don't know yet. Would like to see more. But I do like his game, and I like the fact that he can make people miss in space uh, and then outrun them to the end zone. So that's a name to kind of remember too. I don't think anything happens, you know, maybe right away with him, but I think that that's a name to kind of con- con- continue to consider as we get into the senior year. I-, I think you probably need to see some senior film, maybe the first three games with him, you know, before you you go in. I don't I don't think I would take him right now, but I think that he is a guy that could still end up. The- He's a good player. Going to make a good player for somebody. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but, again, no wide receivers committed just yet. Now, offensive line-wise, you've got, you've got one committed, and it appears you've got some trending your way. Uh, Malik Ellis out of Laurel, fantastic get early on. Not the biggest and thickest guy. He's long and lean. Got to add some mass, much like Charles Cross did. And Malik idolizes Charles. So it makes sense for us to get Malik in the boat early. That's a bit of a drawing card, too. You watch him out there in O-line, D-line drills, and you're not sure if is he a tackle or is he a defensive end. I mean, he, he really looks athletic. So he is going to need a year or two to really beef up and get stronger and get comfortable with a new playing weight. But uh, that's a great building block to start with. Now, Zay Alexander, huge offensive tackle prospect from Tupelo High School. He tells me it's going to boil down and probably play an in state, state or Ole Miss. He's had good visits to both places. However, most of his connections are to Mississippi State. I do believe Mississippi State is probably out recruiting Ole Miss for the kid at this point. Um, he was on campus again this weekend, his team playing seven on seven. He came along, uh, spent some time, you know, with the staff and we kind of cheering on his teammates. He was just there the weekend before. So it's back-to-back weekends he's been on the Mississippi State campus. Now, I was told early on that he was going to be a guy that would uh, – commit after the season now there's some discussion he might actually do it before the season tuplo has got a chance to be pretty good this year and I think Zay is kind of considering too that he did, he didn't want his recruitment to be a distraction uh, and you know what happened last year Jacarius Clayton committed to state flipped Ole Miss and then flipped back to state on signing day uh, I know that Zay probably wants to avoid some of that you know I think once he makes a decision he wants to be done with it so that's something to consider too now Anthony Miles out of Ramsey High School uh, over in Alabama. That's another name to consider. He took an official visit to Vanderbilt. It looks to be down between State and Vanderbilt, and he has discussed releasing a top five um, here very soon. You know that that's kind of what they're looking at is releasing the top five, and then the next thing you know, making a decision. So there's some discussion there about him getting some things done here before the season. I think it's important to kind of let him kind of work through that process, but again, he was on campus last weekend, uh, kind of getting, kind of getting a good good handle on um, on Mississippi State and getting a handle on um, you know Mason Miller. What's it like you know, to play for Mason Miller? What's it like to have him as your coach? And we'll kind of see how things progress there. But um, that's a name too we kind of got our eyes on. Uh, Joe Crocker took an official visit to Mississippi State the weekend before. Back on campus this past weekend, his brother was camping. Uh, he says that uh, he has canceled visits to LSU and Texas A&M. He is a guy that uh, has already visited Wisconsin, has visited Mississippi State, will visit Michigan State this weekend coming up, and then kind of sit down with friends and family and kind of work through this thing. What does he want to do? It's a, it's, both of those Big Ten schools are a long way from home, for sure. And you know, the reality with all of this stuff, too, is that uh, this is a guy, too, that wanted to make his decision in the summer so it's not a distraction during the season. And so that's what he's going to do. He tells me that, hey, once I make my decision, I'm done. Uh, and that's a, a guy right now I feel like State has some momentum with. I'm not ready to put a crystal ball pick in uh, just yet, but that is a guy that uh, I believe State has the mojo with. Then he'll go to, you know, Michigan State this weekend, and we'll see how things go. And it, it, I think it's smart for the Big Ten schools to get kids to visit during the summer because you get a kid up there and may not even get there. during the fall, because of the snow and the weather and everything else, and and you can't really uh, get out and show people what it's really like. Not going to be a lot of people out running around having a good time uh, during those wicked winters of the North. So that's another name to consider, and then uh, Kobe Keenum. Uh, Kobe Keenum is a guy, too, that has some connections to the Golden Triangle. We shared on Gene's page. He's actually related. I think he's the cousin of Brandon Walker, and State and Ole Miss are both in the Final Five. So Does that mean that State has an advantage there? Yeah, kind of figured out. He had an Uncle Doug that signed with State to play baseball, opted to play pro baseball. A lot of Mississippi State people in that family. uh, Still working through it, though. Still working through it. And, again, State's in the five, but not exactly sure when he's going to make a decision. But the good thing is, you know, State is in with a lot of players, uh, Ian Jafar is a guy, too, out of Georgia, a very impressionable guy. Went to Auburn, named him the leader of state. Still expected to host him as, with an official visit later in the year. Uh, so, a lot to kind of figure out here, but you've got some good candidates on the offensive line. I don't think there's any question. You've got a lot of people that, that, you know, you got some guys out here that can make you a better football team. So, again, one quarterback, one running back, unless you find the, a difference maker to go along that complements Seth Davis – four receivers and five offensive linemen and here's the thing too that's the thing that's the benefit of the portal is if you can't find five guys you feel great about you can get one from the portal and state's been able to do that but um you know the reality of it is the way the portal is kind of kicked off taken off the way that it has is you don't have to take reaches with developmental positions you know there's some other people that are kind of banking on that but you got five offensive linemen spots to fill this year you've got one field right now and you've got some guys really within your normal recruiting footprint too uh that are looking to kind of make a decision sooner rather than later so again that's kind of how i see the offensive line uh, the offensive piece everything all those positions involved kind of how i see it playing out so again i'm expecting at this point 11 offensive players in the class again that could change depending on how the portal maybe tweaks your needs later in the process. But uh, 11 offensive players, we're going to come back and do defense a little bit later in the show. All right, time for today's top 10 list brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com at C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R. Blair Chandler is a mortgage professional over 20 years of experience in the industry. Back-to-back years being uh, named in the top 1% close ratio in the country not just in Rankin County, not just in Pilahatchee, nationally. This is a got to get things done. If you're looking to refinance your mortgage, and maybe you should be, maybe you incurred some credit card debt during the quarantine just to kind of feed your family, and now you're paying the price for that. Get that debt consolidated down to one payment by using the equity in your home, Three to refinance. So perhaps maybe you need to get some cash out. Maybe you've got some home improvements to do. Maybe you've got a wedding to pay for. Maybe there's a lot going on in your life that people don't understand. You just want to kind of get things done. Work with a winner like Blair Chandler. Part of the Fairway Mortgage Group recently voted number one in customer satisfaction with mortgage origination. Maybe perhaps the dream of home ownership has eluded you and you need to work with somebody that has seen it all and done it all. That's Blair Chandler. Let me give you his phone number. And this isn't just his office number. This is directly to him. 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. And he's somebody, too, that uh, is available. If you mention to him that you heard about him on the boneyard, he's going to pay for your appraisal. Doesn't matter your college interest. Doesn't matter your rooting interest at all. State fans, all miss fans, they're miss fans, Alabama, Georgia, whatever. That makes any difference to him what your school colors are. But if you're a part of the Boneyard fam, you get your appraisal paid for. That's about a $500 value. A lot of fees associated with getting a mortgage done. Blair's going to make that a little bit easier on you. That's what winners do. A lot of people competing for your business. Put your trust in a guy like Blair Chandler at closewithblair.com. Again, C L O S E with Blair, B L A I R. Dot com. All right, we uh, did some research in the top 10 archives and realized we had not done one of America's great radio rock bands. It's the band Toto. They've made a bit of a comeback in recent years with millennials. Now, the band is on hiatus. They completed their 40-year anniversary tour back in 2018. Hadn't done much since then. have had a couple singles here and there. Uh, but the band itself not touring, not recording albums, and they have recorded several, a little bit deeper in the catalog, a bit later, and uh, a lot more adult contemporary for a band that really started out with a real bang, right out of the the shoot, that self-titled album, a lot of guitar rock early on in the Toto catalog, and then they kind of became a top 40 band, then kind of adult contemporary, Uh, so as they have aged, so has their musical interest, so here we're going to go. Top 10. Uh, number 10 on the list is the, the song uh, Holy War off the 2015 album 14. 14 for a reason. It was the 14th studio album for Toto. But Holy War, probably the shining moment, really of the last four or five albums. Number nine is a great song called I Will Remember. And I really like the composition on this one. It's from the album Tambu. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that one, you should probably get to know it. The rest of these eight you've heard, many of them maybe you think, I don't know, yeah, you have, and maybe you just forgot the name of the song or who performed it. Uh, number eight is one that goes back to the debut. It's the uh, track Georgie Porgy. It's not the nursery rhyme rendition. Uh, got a great bass line on this song, too. It's one of those ones, too. Once you've heard it, you think, yeah, I've heard that one before. And if you were alive, like if you were maybe a baby of the 70s, Maybe a kid of the early 80s. You remember that one. Number seven, probably the last big single for Foreigners with Toto. uh, Very similar. Off their seventh album entitled The Seventh One. Uh, Can't really give them an A for creativity when it comes to album titles. But um, Pamela was one that the record company really, really pushed, pushed, pushed. They stopped promoting it, and it just kind of fell off the charts. But it is a great song that maybe did not get its due. So I encourage you to check that one out. Again, number seven, Pamela. Number six off the second album, Hydra. Great keys on this one. And this is, again, they were kind of beginning to transition even from that debut album, beginning to be a little more top 40. They even had some albums, too, that were almost, almost synth pop in some respects. This wasn't one of them. But again, off the album Hydra, it's 99. And I guarantee you that's a song that you've heard just for unfamiliar perhaps with who performed it. Okay, so the top five, I think we would all agree, are the top five. We may disagree on the order. There has been a a disagreement within my own family about uh, what number three and number one should be. But this is my show. They're welcome to start their own shows and have their own top ten list. I wasn't conducting a poll. I was simply sharing the list. Uh, but number five off the incredible album four is I Won't Hold You Back. And that was one of these uh, you know sad, sappy type love songs. But uh, there is some authenticity that kind of rings true in that one. So I Won't Hold You Back, number five on the list. From the Fahrenheit album, That we've actually had this song on the show before. I don't remember in what context, but I know we've had it before. I think it was one of our sad love song lists. And this is a great one. It's I'll Be Over You. I remember when this song came out, I, mean, was, you know, I was dealing with a breakup when this happened. And uh, it is just one of those incredible songs. Michael McDonald from the Doobie Brothers uh, produced this song. I may have produced the entire album. Even uh, does a bit of a cameo on the chorus. Uh, has a bit of a line there. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great song. And again, a lot of people probably don't recognize it as a Toto song because it's been played for decades now on adult contemporary radio. But I'll be over you the number four Toto song. Number three, one of the first 45s that I bought with my own money. We're going back a ways. Also off the four album, it's Rosanna, the song about Rosanna Arquette. We've talked about that one on the show before, too, about bands with songs with women's names in them. So this was just on the list last week. So Rosanna, again, about Rosanna Arquette. All right, number two off the debut album. I believe this was the introductory single off the debut album entitled Toto, but it's hold the line. Great keys, incredible guitar. Steve Lukather is kind of the guitar player's guitar player. A lot of people kind of point to him as a guy that uh, was an inspiration for them to kind of get into playing guitar. He is an outstanding player. He's a great songwriter there have been some times too that uh, steve Lukather has done some guest work with other people on their albums a musician's musician shall we say but hold the line probably the biggest banger in the toto catalog and number one what else could it be it's africa which is a musical masterpiece i think most people that uh, are familiar with this track would agree the great percussion in this thing it's so it's a multi-layered track and the harmonies are absolutely amazing I think it's one of those songs too that uh, we talk about. There are certain bands. The first, as soon as you hear their name, people are like, Oh yeah, I love this song. Most people, when they hear the name Toto, if they don't think of Wizard of Oz, they think of the, tra- the track "Africa." And so this came out too, you know, around the time when there was all of this uh, American support, you know, to kind of stop hunger in Africa and uh, do some things out there. That, that it was the "We Are the World" type stuff and. Uh, you had live aid. A lot of things that happened after that, even I guess farm aid was an American issue, but live aid was something to stop global uh, hunger. And so Africa was kind of on the initial wave of that concern, of that global concern. Uh, you know, I blessed the rains down in Africa. And of course, there's some romantic issues and all this thing as well. But because of the, you know, the American effort to kind of help Uh, Cure World Hunger. This song was very, very popular, and I'm happy to see it's kind of come back with Millennials. It's a great tune. You can't go to a karaoke bar these days without seeing somebody get up and sing the song, even though they can't. But uh, again, an absolute masterpiece. We talk about songs that are near perfect. This is one of them. This is one of those songs that I think everybody probably has uh, some sense of connection to in one form or another. So there you go. That's your top 10 list for today. Toto, can't believe we hadn't done those guys yet. But I will admit though, once you get out of the top five, it is a little bit of a chore. You know, I I would say Toto probably seven or eight really good songs. Uh, And of that seven or eight, I would say five that are great. And then after that, you know, it's kind of a dealer's choice, shall we say. So there you go, your Toto top 10. If you have an idea for the top 10, reach out and let us know. And allow me to use this time too to offer some support for our friend roy samante you know roy uh puts these lists together for us for free on spotify you can find him uh, on twitter and spotify at dogmatic d-a-w-g-m-a-t-i-c six seven That's his uh year of birth 1967 uh roy just got the unfortunate news that his plant is closing so after uh you know with 30 years of uh quality management experience under his belt. Roy is out looking for another job. So not exactly sure when Roy will be available. He's still got a few years to go before he can retire. And it's crazy to think that's what we're talking about at our age, but uh, that's the reality of life. Uh, Roy lives in, uh, in the greater Memphis area in Hernando, South Haven, DeSoto County there. So if you or someone you know is looking for a quality manager, reach out to Roy on Twitter, at Dogmatic67, and let him know. I'm sure he'll be happy to send you a resume. This is a guy that's been a, a loyal Bulldog fan for many years and a part of our show, and we're a family here. So it's not just, hey, let's talk about sports. There are times that we have to talk about more serious issues. And so uh, I'm, I'm confident Roy will land on his feet, but it'd be nice to be able to, to match him up with one of you guys, perhaps, that uh, have a need at your business where you're looking for somebody uh, with real experience that can uh, do a great job for you. And again, Roy, still got, uh, you know, handful of years before he can hang them up. And hopefully he'll retire to Starkville and uh, be with us here. But the reality of it is, is uh, that time has not come yet. So if you, again, have a need, please reach out to Roy Cimante, again, at Dogmatic, D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7 on Twitter. We didn't do it earlier, so we'll take some time now. Uh, we're going to go ahead and name uh, Chris Parson our Prime Shrimp player of the day, because we really need Chris Parson to be our quarterback. I think Chris is a guy, too, that kind of changes the dynamics of the air raid, because he is more of a dual-threat quarterback that wants to play in a pass-first offense. So when things break down, you know, he can tuck it and go. And so there are some elements I think he brings to the table that maybe perhaps the, the typical Mike Leach quarterback has not. Uh, he is a plus runner. and that's not a guy that we're going to call a lot of design quarterback runs for, but he is a guy, too, that's athletic enough to go get you a first down uh, when necessary. So, again, Chris is out there kind of contemplating his college future. And so uh, it'd be great to have him. That would be huge for this wide receiver class too because I think Chris would help recruit some of those players to Mississippi State. So, uh, again, this segment brought to you by PrimeShrimp.com. Visit PrimeShrimp.com. You'll be glad you did. I told you guys before, it, their, their shipping problem process excuse me, uh, will survive the Mississippi heat. And I know we're going to have over 100-plus temperatures all week long, but you know what? Prime Shrimp knows how to shrimp ship you shrimp. Say that ten times real fast, without any issue. It comes in this very very well packed and cooled container, and inside there are these great little pouches that fit right in your freezer without any issue whatsoever. And when you're ready to cook them, you put on a a pot of water, bring it to a bowl drop a shrimp in. Ten minutes later, you're ready to dine. It's outstanding. You're going to be so glad you gave these guys an opportunity because they know exactly what they're doing. Four great flavors that you can choose from uh, and adding flavors as we go. You know, we've talked about the French Quarter Alfredo. I've been pretty excited as of late about that Louisiana Shrimp Bowl. And as a guy that lived a lot in Louisiana, it's nice to be able to get quality seafood up here in North Mississippi, but they can ship wherever you'd like. So visit them at primeshrimp.com and use promo code Boneyard to save 20 bucks off your first order. Again, that's primeshrimp.com, promo code Boneyard. All right, let's take some time now to talk defensive recruiting. Uh, This segment of the show brought to you by CampusBookMart.net. If you hadn't been to Campus BookMart, you certainly should. Go by and see them when you're in town. Right up, nestled up on the backside of campus, very easy to find, conveniently located uh, for ball game travelers that are looking to pick up some Mississippi State merch when you're in town. Uh, A lot of great things to choose from, thanks to Miss Kathy Brown, the best buyer in the Mississippi State market without question. Uh, the lovely, talented Susie. Everybody there will treat you like family because in their minds, you are family. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. to get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, let's talk defensive recruiting. As it stands today, I expect a 12-member defensive class with some wiggle room with the portal, right? You may have some guys that uh, elect to leave. You may have some guys that elect to give up football. You never know what's going to happen. So you got to have some flexibility there. But I expect State to sign no less than 12. Three defensive linemen, three to four linebackers. Two corners and then four safeties. So that that kinda kinda gets you going there. You kind of figured out. That's twelve to thirteen right there. Now you've got Joseph Head committed. He is a defensive end prospect out of Holmes County Central. They have really put together a nice little run here. Two years ago, State signs Corey Ellington, who played some as a true freshman, who looks fabulous. Uh, Kamari Rogers signs of Miami last year. Saw Kamari over the weekend. He's recovering well. Uh, ready to go, ready to get back down to Miami and get going. Uh, So that's going to be awfully interesting. And now all of a sudden, Joseph had, I mean, so that's three consecutive years at a minimum that Holmes County Central has had a Power Five prospect. And of course, State uh, doing a good job down there, kind of making Mississippi State a viable option for those prospects. Uh, Joseph had one of the first commitments in the class, an explosive first step. Now... People say, "With well, Steve, who does he remind you of? You know, I think we utilize him more like we utilize Montez Sweat. I don't think that he's that same caliber of player. I guess he could develop into that. But I think he is a guy you want to stand up and have him chase a quarterback a little bit. So I, I like the potential with him. I think that he is a guy, too, that has always wanted to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. So I don't think that he's a guy that's going to play in recruiting games. He's on campus every time they have something going recruiting-related. And he's got to get a little bit bigger and stronger. I mean, that's just really the case. But the good thing is he has the frame to kind of carry the mass required for, you know, SEC line play. guy's an exceptional athlete. He's only going to get bigger, faster, and stronger. I think that he is a guy that you guys are going to be very proud to have part of your program in the years to come. Outside of that, it gets rather interesting. Uh, Jamarius Brown from Moss Point, not quite as big as listed, but he is explosive. And I would absolutely take him. I would absolutely take it. There was some discussion kind of started on the old Miss side of things here about a month ago that they felt that he was on the verge of committing to Mississippi State. Well, he ends up changing his decision date, uh, not sure of his reasoning, but this is a guy too that from the very beginning people were telling Mississippi State has no chance. Then the guy comes to campus, takes a visit, loved the visit. All of a sudden, State becomes a viable option, and then there's all this chatter that now states the leader. Now, Listed at 6'3", more like 6'1", and that two inches does make a difference. But this is an explosive guy. You turn the tape on, he may not be the prototypical NFL prospect, a defensive tackle, but I think he is certainly a guy that is capable of making plays for us. And, you know, We've had some guys in the past that didn't have the best measurables but still had very productive college football careers, some of which went on to play in the National Football League. So that's one I think maybe you kind of wait and see for now. I really like his game. And again, he is a little bit undersized for maybe from what he has listed. I don't think that he is incapable of making big plays for this defense. And again, I think it's probably a follow for now situation. Now, Caleb Bryant's a guy that we've been expecting to commit to Mississippi State for some time. He slowed the process down. And he takes an official visit to Utah over the weekend. And now he is committed to Utah. Now, I'm going to go on record now. I don't think it sticks. Now, do I think that he's gonna get home and have buyer's remorse? No. I think at this point you just kind of ride the wave. And I think state will ultimately get him back on campus for a visit during the season. And it's easy to be committed to a long, you know out of state school far and away in June. I mean everybody's like, hey, it's great, and they, they love me. I took my trip up there, it's wonderful, and it's smart of Utah to get those guys in similar to the Big Ten Visits. You don't want a kid coming up there in two feet of snow in December and like, hey, this is terrible especially a kid from the south that's not acclimated to that kind of weather. But the reality of it is, is you don't have to think about going to Utah until you get into December. Now, all of a sudden, you're thinking, all right, I've got to sign soon. I've got to leave soon. And I've got to move all the way to Utah. And so I think in the end, geography will probably have him rethinking some things. And again, Chad Bump is doing a good job. I got Mac Howard, uh, originally from Heritage Academy, now at Oxford High School. It's committed up there, and you know what? State are all missed passed on him. So it's not like anybody can say, "Hey, why is he going out of state?" Well, he has to. And good for Mac. Great young man. Really, really proud for him. Hope he has a great career. Uh, but I think the Caleb Bryant thing is going to prove to be a little different because I think State and all Miss both are going to make him a bit of a priority down the stretch, and then we Mississippi State. And I think that's where kind of you got to give guys a soft place to land. And so they make an early commitment like that. Maybe he's caught up in the moment, but who knows? You know, maybe maybe he's gone to Utah and fallen in love with the place. I don't know, but I won't be the least bit surprised to see him uh, back off of that commitment later in the process. We'll see how things go, and you know, he may stick. I've been wrong before about that sort of thing. I mean, you Justin Wiley was a guy that committed to to Minnesota, and we're all thinking that'll never stick. Well, it did, and it's interesting to hear uh, hear the Wiley folks talk too. You know, with all this discussion back then about. Oh well, he didn't like Jaden. They don't want to play together, and Justin's going to be in his shadow. None of that was true. Yeah, but he went up there, and PJ Flack and those guys did a great job. They did a great job selling him on that. He goes up there, has a really good freshman year. Would have certainly benefited the Mississippi State team to have had him. So sometimes it happens, but other times there's like Charles Cross that commits to Florida State, and we all like, yeah, I'd be surprised if that sticks. Well, it didn't. Jaron Jones commits to Oklahoma. Would be surprised if it sticks. Well, it didn't. You know, usually what happens is when Mississippi guys commit to border states, you're a little more concerned about that because the trip home isn't that more, isn't that difficult. And it's not a bad situation for the parents and friends and family. If they want to come see and play, you know, it's a, it's a regional type commitment, but when guys commit half the country away, sometimes it's, it's difficult for the family to get there. So that's something to kind of factor into as you kind of move forward uh, with all of this. And so, you know, What's best for the people that love me too? I mean, hey, I can play SEC football at State or Old Miss. Maybe I should stay home. So, again, not saying that that's gonna happen, but I, I will be surprised if Caleb Bryant signs with Utah, and that's how I feel today. I may feel differently come November, but as of June, I think that's I think this is probably one of those commitments that is probably a little tenuous. Let's just say that. Um, linebacker, I I really like our linebacker options within the state of Mississippi. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know if we have to go out of the state to fill any of our needs on defense. Again, it's a three to four linebacker class. And I think that probably depends on who all wants to come. I think if you get four capable linebackers, you got to take them. You know, depth is a little bit of an issue at the position right now. So, you know, whoever we commit right now is not going to change our outlook for 2022. But we've got to get some younger guys in that developmental pipeline. We've had some guys leave. We've had some guys, you know, Tamar, Tamar Rogers, a guy now in middle Tennessee. He is somewhere he can play now. He is a great young man. I just don't think he was capable of playing here. And that's not to throw a shot at him. I mean, most of us are not capable of playing here, right? Um, we took a chance. It didn't work out. And thankfully, he has found a great place to go where I believe he'll be able to play and be able to be successful. Um Ty Jones is committed to Mississippi State as an athlete. I think in some schemes he could probably be maybe a weak side the end. With his ability to run there, I, I would have him as a linebacker, and I think that's what he projects right now, and I'm going to count him among our linebacker commitments right now. Then there is Zachary Tillman. I am a Zachary Tillman fan. I have been since the first time I watched his tape. He is at Florence High School in Florence, Mississippi. This will likely be a state Ole Miss thing down to the end. And I would say in traditional years, Ole Miss would have already offered them, and I'm surprised they haven't. And, again, I don't know what uh, all their strategy is. We've heard some discussions about they're going to have half their class is going to be out the portal. And so that gives that developmental kid from Mississippi uh, a limited option, let's just say that. And not going to be as many offers from Ole Miss for Mississippi kids if that's the plan they, 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 they choose to take. And that's not to say that it's right or wrong. I don't think that is sustainable. I don't think you can just work the portal year after year after year. I think you've got to have some continuity on the roster. I think you've got to get some in-state kids that will stick with you and and give those guys time to develop. Uh, but I think Zakari Tillman is a guy that is leaning Mississippi State's way. I think State is trying to get this thing done. He has talked about doing it later in the process. I don't think he goes into the season without being a commitment to Mississippi State. I think that will likely happen in the next two months. Uh, maybe worst case scenario after his first game or whatever but uh, I believe he will be a bulldog and I think he will be a very good one I initially projected him as a safety and then I saw him in camp and he's probably put on 15 pounds since the end of last year I think he is going to grow into a linebacker he could potentially be a Mike linebacker the guy's very very explosive he hits with bad intentions I, I want him in the class LaKendrick like James at a north side, I think he would commit today. Like if Mississippi State picked up the phone and said, hey, let's get it done, I think he would. But I think maybe you want to see a little more of him. You know Plays at a school that's not really highly recruited, doesn't always play against the best level of competition, had a great jamboree, had a really good top dog camp. If it were up to me, I'd go ahead and take him. Because the way that I look at him is he's, if he's even your third or fourth best linebacker in the class, I think you feel good about that because you know you've got a solid two deeper and a guy that can go down and play special teams early in his career and then have the potential to move up to that first team, you know, maybe as a you know sophomore or junior. I think the guy can really play. I really like his attitude. I think that he is a star. And I think that he is a guy that maybe you take later in the process, but I think you've got to get him in the class. I think these are the kinds of guys that have made Mississippi State great over the years. Uh, Sontherine Perkins, they call him Get. Uh, He is listed as a running back. He's also rated as a top player in the state of Mississippi. I don't know that I agree with that. I think he's either one or two, and I don't think he stays at running back. I think he moves to linebacker. He is a very big and physical specimen. He's only going to get bigger when he gets in the college weight room. I think this guy's going to play football for a long time, whether he signs with State or Ole Miss or somebody else. So the discussion he's going to take a visit to Alabama and to Florida. I really think the recruiting process is just really beginning for him. Now I understand there's some people in Raleigh, Mississippi, that are very favorable uh, t- towards Ole Miss. And you know, hey, Dante Moncrief was a guy that was a hometown hero that uh, had a great career at Ole Miss, and then uh, spent some time in the National Football League. and 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 they're right to look up to him one of their hometown guys and so there's a lot of hey look at what happened to dante it could happen for you too you go to old miss and we get some of that same sentiment at some schools too i mean you the reason you get malik alice out of Laurel is because of the success at charles crosshead right i mean you kind of get him without much of a fight so it is going to be a fight to get some three perkins i don't expect him to be in our class i think old miss will do what they need to do to get him to get it done whether it be an nil deal or whatever uh I don't expect him, but I do really like his game, and I think when you watch him play, he is very, very explosive. He is what you'd expect an SEC player to look, by, look like. Now, Tobias Hinton, we talked about him a little bit. I found that he measured in at 6'3". I, I, I just, I'm okay. Even if he's six one, six two, I'm good. Uh, I don't know that he's quite that big. Maybe he is. Uh, But when you turn the tape on, the guy can really play. And I do think that he is an SEC guy. I do think that he is a guy, too, that uh, maybe he's not a surefire SEC guy. Like, when you look at Perkins, I think you think, you know what, this guy's absolutely an SEC backer. With Tobias, maybe you kind of got to think about it a little bit. But the guy plays big. He runs hard. He's coachable. I think he is a guy that ultimately ends up in the Mississippi State class. And I think it's one of those things, too, with so many – Quality linebacker options available, you got to be careful who you take. But I'll be honest with you, if it was up to me, like if I could make a phone call today and say, hey, let's get it done, I'm taking Zachari, I'm taking LaKendrick James, and I'm taking Tobias, and I'm done. Because again, I don't think we're going to get Perkins. Now, if if you want to continue to chase Perkins, knowing you've got LaKendrick James in your back pocket, or you believe you do, maybe that's the path to take but what's going to happen when the James picks up several more offers between now and graduation? I think, to be honest with you, I think we have to be honest with ourselves and kind of understand the lay of the land. And the chances of state flipping Perkins, I think, are very, very small. Yes, he's been on campus. Yes, they've been engaged with the staff, but I think it's going to be difficult to pull that off in the end. But I think you could get Ty Jones, Zakari, uh, Le Kendrick James, and Tobias Hinton, I think you'd feel great about your linebacker class, and you will have stacked three consecutive linebacker classes together. And I really like our 2022 class. I've told you guys that before. Khalid Moore, Javet Gilmore, um, Avery. I keep forgetting that kid's name from uh, FCHS, but uh, Avery Sledge. But I really like that class. And all of a sudden you begin to think, too, you're beginning to put these guys together with Mississippi and then Border State-type prospects, I think you can feel good about those guys staying here and not getting homesick. Now, Kaderius Wade is a guy that um, being recruited as an athlete, he's made some of his bigger plays in high school at receiver. In the very beginning when I found out that they were talking about linebacker uh, with him, it kind of surprised me a little bit. He is long and lean, and he can run, but he's really kind of more straight line fast. He doesn't have really good change of direction. You have to have that to play in space in the SEC as a linebacker if I had to call it today, I don't think he's in the class. And I just wonder, too, if he has the foot speed and the length, let's take him at safety. And then you begin to think about the the options that are available to you at safety. Then you begin to kind of ask yourself, you know, does he profile better as a safety? Do we have better safety options available uh, to us in this recruiting class? And so a lot to figure out with him. I'm not saying you move on from him, I just say at this point, I wouldn't take him as a linebacker. I may take him as an athlete, and that's the thing about this defense that Zach Arnett has is you can take some guys that are tweeners, and that's kind of how I see Wade is a bit of a tweener. All right, so let's talk a little bit about these corners. I think we're done at corner, um, and you can say, but Steve, some of these guys may grow into safeties, and that's true too, and you can always adjust later in the process. Kelly Jones, I believe, has a real chance to stick at corner. I know some other people don't. And they look at it and say, hey, you know, we've got, you know, 100, he's 190, 195 pounds. He's not. He's 178. 6'3, 178, thinly framed, uh, good hips, good feet. I think he has a realistic chance to stay at corner, much in the same vein of Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes. I think ultimately he'll be a little bit heavier than Forbes and probably more like Martin Emerson. But when you look at what Darcel McBath has put together, and you know, with Emerson and to Richardson and Emmanuel Forbes, uh, Kelly Jones kind of fits that mold. And so I think he could stay there. You know, what, now what's going to happen now when he gets under Tyson Brown's direction and all of a sudden he puts on 20 pounds as a freshman? Well, then, you, then you can move him to safeties. So I wouldn't rule out a move to safety, but I think he cuts his college teeth at corner. I don't think there's any question about it. Then you pick up uh, Jalen Abram over the weekend. We've talked about that. We, we expected that to happen today. He was supposed to take an official visit to indiana over the weekend not sure what happened the flight ended up getting canceled they wanted to reschedule the visit he decided you know what i'm not i'm not going to waste your time or money i'm going to go ahead and commit to mississippi state so yeah, hey good for the kid right so jalen is a guy too with that with with a, a dozen offers uh i think he actually has a couple more than that maybe with the smaller variety of course he commits to mississippi state over arkansas state austin p colorado state indiana louisiana louisiana tech memphis south alabama southeast louisiana southern miss and tulane so the only other power five is indiana now here's what i will tell you i have broken down film of every mississippi state target in the state of mississippi this year every single one of them i've been over the commitments multiple times Jalen abram is among the most impressive players in the state of mississippi that i've watched this year He's very smooth in everything that he does. There are a lot of guys out there that fight the football. He doesn't. He's very comfortable, whether it be on defense or offense, taking possession of the football. He's a guy that can high high point the football very well. When he plays at receiver, he's a guy that can catch it and tuck it and get back up to full speed very, very quickly. He has some real burst. And to be honest with you, you know, if our wide receiver recruiting doesn't go the way we expect it to, I would be okay moving him to receiver. I think he is capable – Of playing in a southeastern conference either as a receiver or uh, as a defensive back now when you look at his frame compared to kelly jones i do think that he is a guy that ultimately could probably end up at safety he's also a very intelligent young man so he could be kind of your quarterback in the backfield kind of setting things up making those calls and checks At safety but he gives you options now I think in the end, Zach Arnett's going to have to kind of win the argument to get him to go to safety. But I think ultimately, you know, his growth potential is what's going to determine his position uh, of projection once he gets to college. But uh, this is a guy very good outside the numbers, on either side of the football. If you haven't watched his highlight film, I encourage you to go watch it. You'll be glad you find him on Huddle. And it's Abram, but it's spelled A, A B. A-R-B-O-R-O-M. You can find it on his profile, 247 Sports 2. But it's about 13 minutes. It's well worth it, though. There are a lot of kids out there that have two minutes of highlights, and they stretch it out over a five- or six-minute presentation. I I, I never got tired of watching Abram. And I even messaged him. I said, hey, I just finished watching your your tape. I don't understand why people keep throwing at you. Good luck with everything. And when you watch his film, you can see any time that the ball is thrown in his direction, he is able to track the football very, very well. Very exciting player. And I think, this again, this is a guy, too, that's undervalued as a recruit. And I know he's got a dozen or so offers, but I think this is a guy, too, that um, it's good that State got him in the boat early. I really believe that. I think getting him in the boat early is big. Now, he said when he got the offer, Mississippi State was a dream offer for him. So maybe that kind of keeps some people at bay. But he's not done adding offers. And I think when people see his film this year, uh, they're going to say, you know what? We missed the boat on this kid. And there's some guys out there, too. I mean, look at Quindarius Jones from um, from Meridian, now committed to Florida State. Saw him over the weekend, too. I think Quindarius is outstanding. They had him playing wide receiver. Coach Larry Williams, I've known him forever and a day. He had uh, the kid playing wide receiver. He's committed to Florida State. That's the only offer he had, so he jumped on it. He's not done adding offers either. The state like him as a receiver? The state like him as a safety? I don't know. But – I'll be honest with you, this is one of those things, too, I kind of scratched my head about. And I said, you know, why why haven't we offered this guy? You know, we we threw some offers at some guys early on that was kind of like, you know, basically a glorified invitation to camp. Why couldn't we do that with him? And maybe it's a situation, too, because, uh, you know, with Larry Weems, you know, we've had some guys in the past that, uh, you know, we offered and then didn't take. Maybe we're kind of, you know, making sure that we want to take a kid before we offer. I don't know. But watching this kid run and watching this kid play, I would have already offered. Just my, you know, just offering a little criticism there. I don't, I don't know who makes that decision or who makes that call. That kid can really play, though. And I don't understand why he only has Florida State. Because it's not just Mississippi State. that Miss, Miss didn't offer, so the Miss hadn't offered. Uh, Liz Yantag, Liz Louisiana Monroe, LSU, nobody else that recruits that area has offered him either. And all of a sudden, he gets an offer from Florida State, and he's thinking, hey, this, look at what this is. How great is this? I get a chance to go play at Florida State? The Knowles, man. And here I was thinking I may have to kind of wait it out my senior year and hopefully get something somewhere else. And I got Florida State. I'm going to go ahead and commit. And you know what? Good for the kid. It shows how smart he is. Now he's committed. He knows he has something to do. And all of a sudden, if another offer comes along that he really likes, and people say, but Steve, commitment means commitment. Yeah, it's true. I agree with that. But I think a situation like this, the kid probably couldn't afford to wait around and say, you know what, Coach let me just kind of wait and see. Uh, Andre Woodson, the guy that's recruited the state the last few years really, really well for Auburn's down at Florida State. And so, hey, tip of the cap to him. You go out and you get a guy that's stating on Mr. Kind of sleeping on a little bit, you got him committed. So, hey, good for you. All right, let's talk safeties. Dante Kelly could grow into a linebacker. But watching him uh, Saturday in action, I could see him staying in strong safety because I think he's going to have the foot speed to pull it off. I think he's another guy, too, that has already kind of grown some and filled out the frame a little bit. So I think he's comfortable playing at a bigger weight. Um, I really like his game. And I actually feel better about the commitment after watching him a little bit on Saturday, just watching him kind of move around and kind of flirt with the football. Uh, He is a guy that does all the defensive checks and gets the team settled in the secondary. Uh, They call him the Reaper, and with good reason. I put some pictures up in his profile, too, if you want to go check those out, but also one on Gene's page just to kind of show the length there. This is going to be a big, big football player. Could he grow into a backer? Absolutely could. Could he stay at safety? Yeah, I think he can. But I think this is a guy, too. We talk about getting those defenders and guys that kind of come along that don't maybe have a big recruiting profile, and he's got several offers. The only other power five, though, is Vanderbilt. But I think it's important to kind of understand, too, that the Delta is an under-recruited area. And we can get a lot of those kids sometimes, too, without a lot of competition. And I th- it was up to me, we'd sign some Delta kids every year, every single year. Because those, those young men have kind of demonstrated the ability to, to kind of work. They understand what it means to go work. And a lot of times they don't have great facilities and don't always have great supporting cast around them. But the Delta has been very good to Mississippi State and vice versa. But I would be back in the Delta every single year, every single year. Because I think there are players like Dante Kelly out there now. Early in the process, much like with Jamarius Brown, I had people telling me Mississippi State had no chance with Isaac Smith, Midwamba Agricultural High School. Uh, that is not the case. Now Isaac is not ready to name any favorites. Isaac is not ready to you know have like the pecking order or, or narrow his you know list of schools down to half a dozen. He is still accepting offers. He's still talking to all comers, and he's kind of focusing on IHS on football. Forgive me. It's the Etiwamba football. That's what he's focused on. Had a chance to watch him, I think, if I'm being honest with you this year, and I am every year. I, I, I continue to believe he's the best player in the state. It could be him or get Perkins. I, you know, We didn't see Perkins work out a top dog, so I'm going to be fair about that, full disclosure. But of the guys that I have seen work out this year, to me, Isaac Smith flashes the most. He does all the little things. I would struggle throwing the football in his direction. Of course, with him playing safety, it's difficult to avoid him. He's also a very, very, very mature young man. Doesn't give you a whole lot. And I asked him, I said, you know, what schools are recruiting you the hardest? And the first school he mentions, is Mississippi State. Now, I have heard that through the grapevine talking to some other people, too, is that, hey, State is really doing a good job uh, with him and his dad, making the kid feel like a priority. Now, his dad did attend some classes at Ole Miss and then ultimately left there. So that was kind of the connection early on. People were like, oh, yeah, they'll definitely go to Ole Miss. You know, what I'm hearing now is that's not the case. It's not definite. That's not to say that he doesn't end up at Ole Miss because they could turn the heat on later on and say, hey, you know, you you were our guy all along. But they don't appear to be doing that yet. And there's a lot of discussion about that around the state, about how Ole Miss not really recruiting Mississippi very hard. But Isaac Smith is a potential National Football League player. And Mississippi State is recruiting him as such. I suspect before it's over, Ole Miss will as well. Maybe perhaps they feel like since they have the connection, they don't have to push as hard early on. Maybe they're kind of saving their efforts for you know, when, when things get a little bit closer to signing day, don't know. I, don't again, don't know what their philosophy is regarding high school kids in Mississippi this year. I just know they're not recruiting a whole bunch of them. But that said, I know an NFL guy when I see one. And Isaac Smith is an NFL prospect. And Mississippi State needs to do whatever they need to do to get that kid on campus. This is a difference maker. We talk about taking the next step towards – the top of the SEC West, you want to go to Atlanta, you got to sign kids like Isaac Smith when they're in your home state. You can't let these guys. Kind of flashing back to the beginning of the show, we talk about keeping kids in state. And while we have done pretty good in relation to our peers around the Southeast, this is one of those situations where we simply can't let this guy go somewhere else. We need to have the entire staff recruiting Isaac Smith. This guy is a difference maker. This is a guy that plays as a true freshman. I don't think there's any question. Very intelligent, very athletic, has a very high football IQ, watching him come off that hash, watching him understand the concepts as guys get out on their routes. I mean, this this is a guy that is a, this is one of the best prospects I think I've evaluated in the last five years or so. That's how good he is. Now you guys have listened to the show many, many times and you haven't heard me really gush over potential prospects over and over and over again. Because at the end of the day, I'll be honest with you, intrigue and drama is good for our business over at JamesPage.com, When there's indecision, you guys want to answer, so you come to us, right? But I'm telling you right now, this is one of those guys that I think can change the tra- trajectory of your program a little bit. I think he can add to what you want to do defensively. And I think, too, when other people see his potential, they're going to want to play with him. I think you got to go get it done. If you're Mike Leach and Zach Arnett, Tony Hughes, everybody involved uh, here—not to say that they haven't been—but you have got to go get this thing done. You—you've got to basically make this a group process where everybody involved with Mississippi State football is making this young man feel like Mississippi State is the best alternative for him that he is wanted here more than anywhere else. And again, when I asked him, when I asked him, you know, who was recruiting him hardest, he mentioned Mississippi State first. But I think this is going to be a big safety class. Is it a three safety class? Is it a four safety class? Could be. And I think when you look at what Mississippi State has leaving, you know we've got to really allocate some scholarships uh, towards the safety position in this class. I think everybody understands we're going to take a lot of DBs. It's going to be a very, 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 very DB heavy class. Um, let me look here, too, at the uh, scholarship distribution report here. Uh, on 247 sports that we've had some issues with that since they've kind of moved some things around here but uh you know looking at the safeties you know you're going to have some guys move on you know sean preston colin duncan those guys have been here for a while jp purvis has had a really good spring and they tell me he has a lot more confidence in himself but you know you've got a veteran group here you know at safety and of course jalen green's a guy that uh, is going to move on too you know so you've you've got some spots to fill And you've got some very capable players available to you within your own state. So that'll be interesting. And, again, going to be a heavy DB class. And I think, too, let's say, for an example, all of a sudden you find maybe a true cover corner guy out there. I think maybe you take him and then maybe you slide Kelly, Kelly Jones to safety. Or maybe you take and slide uh, Jalen Abram to safety. I think those guys give you options. You know, Jerry and Jones was originally recruited as a safety, too. We moved him to cornerback. Ultimately, he left us. Uh, but the reality of it is is you, when you've got guys like that that are athletic, sometimes you beef them up, sometimes you, you trim them up. But the reality of it is, is we've got a lot of great athletes in the state of Mississippi this year that are capable of making plays for Mississippi State football. All right, final segment of the show, time for the big finish, brought to you by Portico. You guys are well aware Brooks Bryan is my friend. He's your friend. He's a friend of Mississippi State. He's a guy that's done a lot of wonderful things in his career, including robbing a home run against the University of Washington to send us to Omaha. For that reason alone, you owe him an opportunity to talk to you about Portico. You've always thought about having a home here, a second home here, whether it be a retirement home here. Maybe you just want to move the whole family up here, make this your primary residence. I love it here. I wish I'd have moved here years ago, and I'm here until the end. I mean, that's the plan anyway, right? Right. I mean, you never know. I may win a lottery one day, and I'd still probably stay here. Still probably stay here. Probably just travel a lot more. I love it here. Uh, Brooks can make Starkville your home. 601-416-8075. Again, at 601-416-8075. Give Brooks a call or text today. And find out about Portico. Very easy to get to. You turn off of 82 on the twelve. The very first ride is Pat Station Road. Boom, that takes you to Portico, 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus. But it's the quiet side of campus. So you get the convenience of being close to Mississippi State with all the hustle and bustle of the business side of campus, right? All those people coming in and out all, all the time, you know. Hey, and you got that great neighborhood market right there, too. So if you forget to get a gallon of milk on the way home, you can just swing right in there and get it. Very conveniently located for the Bulldog looking to relocate to Starkville. If I was moving to Starkville now, I'd move to Portico. That it is so close to campus it's so convenient make portico your next move all right and in honor of brooks we're going to talk a little baseball in our final segment of the show if you guys have not kept up with the college world series let me uh let me kind of give you a, a, a primer here of course uh, oklahoma wins game one against a&m puts a&m in the losers bracket and then oklahoma wins the winner's bracket game against underdame 6-2 yesterday some crazy could have been bigger Oklahoma had two really bad outs at third base. One of those on the third base coach. Coach, you got to be aware of what's happening there. Can't give up on the play. You don't want your player to give up. You can't give up. Uh, Texas, now your first team eliminated from the College World Series. They go down to Texas A&M yesterday. Now, Texas A&M will play tomorrow against Notre Dame in an elimination game. Oklahoma in the driver's seat won't play again to Wednesday. They play the winner. Of that Notre Dame m game, and then that that team has to beat Oklahoma twice. So Oklahoma feeling good can rest a little bit. And again, you know, you play that big game on Sunday, you get two days off. That's cool. That's cool. All right. And so the bottom half of the bracket, you know, so as as one recording the show, Auburn is leading Stanford. So Stanford was my pick to win the whole thing. They may be done today. Arkansas absolutely destroyed Stanford, 17-2. to Arkansas maybe said, you know what? We saw Mississippi State do it in our dream year. We're going to go do it this year. Maybe so. Big ball game, out against Ole Miss. Because Ole Miss, uh, really, DeLuca was outstanding against Auburn. And I thought Auburn's approach to play was awful, uh, when you've got a guy soft, 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 why are you sitting dead red fastball? you got to make in-game adjustments. I didn't think Auburn did that. I thought Ole Miss did a great job keeping them off balance. Ole Miss gets the early lead in a game that you know that runs are going to be at a premium, and it felt like Auburn was pressing the entire ball game. had a chance to kind of get back in it, and then couldn't get the big hit. And uh, Josh Mallitz puts it away. So Ole Miss now in a winner's bracket game against Arkansas, and Arkansas won that series earlier this year uh, at Baum-Walker. And so it'll be interesting to see how things kind of play out tonight. Again, I think this is a very angry Arkansas team. I do think, too, if Ole Miss loses this ballgame, I do think they're eliminated. I don't think Ole Miss has the pitching to come out of the loser's bracket. So I think they're all in to win tonight, and I don't blame them. You absolutely have to be. I don't know that Arkansas does. I think Arkansas probably has a better chance of coming out of the loser's bracket. There's a lot of pitching on the other side of this in the loser's bracket already. And so I could see a team come back and make a run here on the bottom half of the bracket. But, you know, if you're Ole Miss, you got to be all in tonight because, of course, if you win tonight, you don't play again on Wednesday. And then you have to lose twice. And if you're Arkansas, it's the same thing. And Arkansas, too, is a team that plays with passion. There are a lot of teams that play with emotion, Arkansas plays with passion. There is a difference. Because when things get negative for Arkansas, they just kind of push through. They kind of push through and push through. We saw it ourselves. You know, we were so fortunate to win that Sunday game and get out of there with one. But Arkansas always expects to win. They put so much pressure on you. They run the bases. And they don't steal a whole lot, but they put guys in motion. They'll hit and run. Um, and they've got depth in that order. I like Arkansas to win the night. I and mean, I'm hoping they win the night, but I just think Arkansas is a better team. The numbers show that. But let's be fair to Ole Miss, too. They're undefeated in the postseason. This is a team right now that probably thinks, you know what, we didn't live up to our potential in the regular season. We're finally playing to our potential when it matters most. We're a team of destiny. I'm sure that's what Bianco is telling them. Hey, let's go ahead. We win this thing tonight. We don't have to play again. We're one game away, one win away from playing for an AFL championship. Uh, Again, the Stanford-Auburn game, I I think it's going to be difficult to come out of that loser's bracket no matter who you play because of all the pitching if Ole Miss gets down there I think Ole Miss is at a real Dutchman. I think you know, you probably have to come back on Wednesday with DeLuca even though he just pitched on Saturday I think you got to throw him on short rest and then you figure it out from there I just don't think Ole Miss has what it takes and then DeLuca going so too deep you begin to kind of think all right you know how deep can he go uh so yeah end of seven now it's uh Auburn six, Stanford two. So Auburn should survive here, which would set up, assuming Arkansas wins, I mean, so that makes the bottom half of the bracket an all-SEC West thing if Auburn hangs on here. And so Arkansas, I'm sure, would feel very comfortable. But so should everybody else, hey, we know these teams, we've been watching them all year. But all of a sudden, let's say Arkansas wins tonight, that sets up an Ole Miss-Auburn elimination game on Tuesday. And that's when you got to think, too, you know, if you're, um, I guess that Tuesday would be Wednesday for them. So if you're Ole Miss, again, you start thinking, you know, you, you got to come back with delusion. Uh, will he be as the fact that the guy's been a workhorse for them? And as much as I don't want them to win, how can you not respect uh, the effort this group has played with down the stretch? I mean, they're in Omaha. I mean, my goodness. I mean, you know, e- even even the biggest Ole Miss hater in the world has to at least respect the fact that these guys are playing really pretty good baseball right now. Uh, do they have enough pitching to get it done? gonna really kind of remains to be the question. So, again, my boys are on the ropes from Stanford, and I had Stanford beating Tennessee in the final, so I will not win the D1 baseball bracket challenge uh, if they're eliminated. I'll, I'll, I'll be out of contention for all of that. And when Florida went down, too, that hurt me a little bit, too, because I had Florida getting to Omaha. Didn't have Oklahoma getting out of that regional, and here they are. At this point, probably the hottest team in the tournament, Right. So we'll see how things go. Uh, I will I will enjoy the College World Series Final Four a whole lot more if Ole Miss it, and then it, just like all of you. That's just me being honest. But at the same time, too, I've told you guys before, I have a certain level of respect for Ole Miss baseball. I think Mike Bianco has been a great coach at Ole Miss, and these people that wanted to fire him, I think they look really silly right now. I get it. I understand it. It's like, hey, 22 years, and we can't get to Omaha. But one time, well, now you're here now, and now you're, you're probably stuck with Bianco probably the remainder of your life regardless of what happens in Omaha you know the guys broken through again and and I get it people like this team was kind of built to win you had all these COVID players and you had these seniors come back and you've got some guys up there that are you know 22 and 23 years of age uh, competing against teenagers so they should be good and they have been good in the postseason so uh, Arkansas is kind of in the same boat too though Arkansas is an older team as well so see how things progress Uh, that elimination game tomorrow between a uh, and notre dame awfully interesting too awfully interesting too yeah I, I like notre dame in the game but how can you ever count texas a&m out we've talked about them on the show many times they're a great team but doesn't have any stars and sometimes i think that is to their benefit so instead of having one guy kind of shoulder the load for them every guy is part of that and i think it's a tribute to and those guys and what they've done to turn it around here but uh You know, A&M, really, all over it against Texas. And then um, now they get Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, of course, took out Tennessee. So how much of the wind of their sails was kind of exhausted because of that? Link Jarrett's a great coach. A lot of rumors, of course, about him going to Florida State. So we'll see how things progress. But uh, a lot of baseball left to be played. But I know all of you guys, your eyes are on that ball game tonight. So let's talk some Mississippi State baseball. A lot of discussion. About the portal, who's going to come? And there was some. Listen, there were some posters last week that said, "Hey, we. I think the next you know couple days could be really important." I don't want you to think any less of those guys, okay? Because nobody's putting information out there that they believe to be false. There is a lot of exuberance right now about this portal, and state is really, really close on a handful of guys to getting them to commit to Mississippi State. Uh, Paul Skeens, the guy we talked about, you know he. Took, he's already visited Tennessee. He's uh, visited Mississippi State. Now supposed to go to LSU. Uh, that's a guy's a difference maker. There's no doubt about it. Could be considered by many the best player in the portal because he can DH for you. He can catch. He can pitch. Could be your Friday night guy. It's an outstanding performer. Stayed very much in the mix there. Uh, there's some other names out there we've discussed. I believe we're about to see a run on pitchers though. If I had to kind of put you know, maybe a bet on this, I suspect we're going to see a run on pitchers here in the weeks to come. There are a lot of names out there. There are new names going into the portal. And there's going to be a flurry between now and July 1st. July 1st is the deadline for spring athletes, spring sport athletes to enter the portal and be eligible to play next year. Of course, the College World Series will be over by then. So it's probably smart not to push too many guys right now because you never know who may be in the portal after Omaha. Right? So let's say there's a guy out there, there's some chatter. Well, this kid's going to go in the portal. He wants a bigger role than the team, but his team is playing right now. Well, he's not going to go in the portal right now while he's playing. And so maybe it's best, unless you've got a guy with some urgency, to let this thing play out for a couple more weeks. Because once we get through July 1st, we know exactly who's available to play next year. Simple as that. Everybody will know. And then I think the month of July is going to be very, very busy. Now, that's not to say that I don't think we get another commitment between now and July 1st. I think we do. And I think it's probably on the pitching side because there are some guys at State are chasing right now that are not draft eligible, right? So they have no benefit in waiting for the draft. Simple as that. Now, state could be like, you know, we won't take our time here, but there is a lot of interest in baseball recruiting right now, probably more so than at any point in my career. I don't know that I have ever seen this much interest because usually baseball guys commit when they're like in the eighth and ninth grade, right? So it's not a lot to get excited about. Even though you're happy for the kid and you're happy for the program, you don't really know those guys. You don't know if they're going to be contributors. So, you're like hey great a kid from our high school is going to mississippi state it's gonna be great and then you, know, you provide updates on the message board over the next four years as he develops but right now with the portal we've got this excitement because people are like hey i watched this kid at air force pitch in the ncaa tournament i watched this guy at samford have a big game in the socon tournament so it's like that now you've got tangible proof that these guys should be able to come in and help us so it's easy to get excited about that and so While there were a lot of negative things about the portal, I think one thing that's done is it brought some real excitement to college baseball. And, again, transferring is nothing new, nothing new. It's just now you've got immediate eligibility. You know, there were times – I mean, how many times under Polk did we have, you know, an army of kids show up to fall baseball and then, you know, half of those guys were on a junior college roster come January? They come, they try out, try to make the team, it doesn't work out. And then, you know, Polk would help them find a landing spot somewhere and they'd have an opportunity to go play college baseball and continue their dream somewhere else. You just didn't hear about it, you know, unless it was in your local paper. It just wasn't a big deal. You know, the internet wasn't really a thing back then. You know, we, we had message boards towards the end of Polk's career, but nobody made hay about a guy transferring after one semester. They do now, and people want answers. And the answer is, is the kid sometimes just wasn't good enough to play here. That's why you bring him in, you give him an opportunity, he works out. And more times than not, guys see the right on the wall and say, you know what, if I want to play, i got to go somewhere else. But I think the transfer portal now, people are like, you know what, hey, we want to get back to Omaha next year, and this kid can really help us. And people are like, hey, I know this guy, or I've lived near this university, I've watched this kid play, and people provide that insight. And so we encourage that at jeanspage.com. If you're not a member, come and join us. All right. If you hadn't done so too, go to dogpilethebook.com and get a copy Dogpile. Stop waiting. Okay. The second printing is in. That's the second edition. There's been a couple of uh, changes there. Nothing major. Some probably some things you wouldn't even notice. Uh, but second edition is in. And that's what you'll get when you order to dogpilethebook.com. Still some first editions out there in some bookstores. If you want one of those, you can get them. Uh, we're out. So while you're at Dogpile Book, you can complete the rest of your collection. Stark Villains and Alpha Dogs in very limited supply right now, very limited. Since we discussed it last week, we've had kind of a run on those books. I would say there's probably two dozen Stark Villains left. I think that's right. And then maybe about 40 or 50 Alpha Dogs. So if you're looking to get those books or somebody that you know likes my books and doesn't have those, go ahead and order it for them and we can get it signed for you too. If you don't care about it being personalized, they're, they're ready to go. If we've got to personalize, it's going to take me a few days longer because I have to kind of go meet up with those folks. If you're looking for Blooms of Oleander, you can find it online at Amazon, dot barnesandnoble.com, or order it through your local bookstore and kind of give them some business. They can order it through Ingram. Uh, they'll know what to do. You just tell them, hey, can you get Steve Robertson's Blooms of Oleander? They can order it for you. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, go to starkvillains.com. Had some messages last week wore a shirt wore my stark villain shirt out next thing i know somebody takes a picture and puts it on facebook and people are like hey where can i get that shirt starkvillains.com and if you're a member of this boneyard family you should have a stark villain shirt all right that's gonna do it for today we we'll back on wednesday i was supposed to be in the bahamas today but i'm here i'll be back on wednesday and kind of give you a programming note too the plan is is to record friday's show thursday night so when you get up and you're on your way to work friday Uh, you should have your show. That's the plan, unless something changes. I got a speaking engagement down in South Mississippi uh, Friday evening, and so I want to get down and probably go spend some time with some friends and my mom before uh, the speaking engagement. And so we'll get the show up for you Saturday night, and you'll be able to enjoy that uh, Friday morning. You had the full expanses of Maroon Friday to enjoy the show. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live.